Hello and welcome to a new episode of A Thousand Wise. I'm Huang Rei. If you are a football lover, one event you absolutely cannot ignore lately has to be the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022, with the games just reaching the exciting finals. Now, here's a quick question to all you football fans out there: Which country do you think had invented football? Is it Italy, Brazil, the UK? Maybe we need a wilder guess. How about China? All right, time to reveal the answer. Congratulations to those who picked the UK, since that country is indeed regarded as the birthplace of the modern game. But did you know that China can also stake a claim to being the home of football? Throughout the long history of this ancient nation, people here have played a game known as cuju, literally meaning kick ball in English, for well over two thousand years. But does that mean the origins of this game actually lie in China? What is cuju, and how was it played differently back in ancient times? Let's dive into today's episode and find out. In fact. The very first recorded references to cuju in Chinese literature occur in the third century BC, during what is known as the Warring States period, between 475 to 221 BC. That was an era when ancient China was not yet united as one, and was characterized by political and military reforms, as well as warfare amongst over 20 states across the land. But according to several reputed sources on ancient Chinese history, there was one state called Qi that was particularly powerful and wealthy because of its vigorous trading and commerce with neighboring states. And Qi's capital, Linzi, was especially known for its earliest popularization of cuju. Thanks to booming economy. The Qi people had progressed from simply requiring better food and shelter to exploring a more diversified and recreational lifestyle. And cuju, among all other sports, was apparently one of the most popular entertainments, along with playing music and Chinese chess. And when it came to the Eastern Han Dynasty, from around 22 to 220 A.D. Not only was cuju considered as a game for ordinary folks, but was also regarded as an effective military training tactic and a leisure for the imperial court. One of the best descriptions of cuju was actually written by a poet named Li Yao from that time period. Let's hear what the game was like in his eyes from almost two millennia ago. A round ball and a square wall, just like the yin and yang. Moon-shaped goals are opposite each other. Each side has six in equal number. Select the captains and appoint the referees, based on the unchangeable regulations. Don't regard relatives and friends. 
keep away from partiality. Maintain fairness and peace. Don't complain of others' faults. Such is the matter of Tsuju. If all this is necessary for Tsuju, how much more for the business of life? Bravo! The poem gives us an insight into the earliest known form of Tsuju. You can even read it today on the FIFA Museum website, where further details on how Tsuju was played during the Eastern Han Dynasty has been decoded. What's more, Li Yo's poem reveals that Tsuju was also regarded as a metaphor for how to lead a good life. It required the players to participate in the games and the premise of fairness and peace, while promoting a harmonious and balanced state of mind when playing the game. Such a spirit remained with China's Tsuju culture all the way until the Tang and Song dynasties at around 1,000 years ago, with the latter regarded as the heyday of Tsuju. Played as an entertainment at court banquets or at receptions for foreign envoys, Tsuju's close links with China's ruling dynasties shows that it was often staged for enjoyment by the imperial guard and other soldiers. Sometimes, princes or even emperors themselves would join in with the players and indulge in the joy of the sport. And interestingly, historians later discovered that Tsuju also reflected the sense of openness and equality found in ancient Chinese society as it welcomed all to join in, regardless of race, gender, and social status. Literature and paintings from that time period show that folk players were welcome to join in with the imperial teams. Even maidens were encouraged to dress up in traditional gowns and would slightly pull up their dresses when running and kicking the ball alongside or against men. Hmm, that's quite cutting edge. And what's more, Beginning in the Song Dynasty, better organized Tsuju clubs, which are similar to today's football clubs, came into being. So, take a moment to imagine ancient Chinese sports people paying their membership fees and taking part in national league matches and invitation tournaments a thousand years ago. Seriously, it's all well documented in historical articles and other cultural relics from the Tang and Song Dynasties giving us a good idea of how the ancient Chinese celebrated their love for Tsuju. Under the auspices of these Tsuju clubs, more codified rules and variants of the games began to surface. One of the most renowned clubs even came up with what it termed the Ten Essentials of Tsuju that was later adopted more widely. According to these essentials, qualities such as courtesy, team spirit, and good interpersonal relations were highly valued in Tsuju games. The essentials also required that there was to be no ungentlemanly behavior, no arrogance and disrespect towards other players, and no dangerous play, etc. In other words, as people now would call it, play up and play the game. It might sound a bit pedestrian compared to watching Neymar and Messi nowadays, but as one might expect from a Confucian society, Tsuji clubs were keen on the key virtues of benevolence and courtesy. With all that being said, you might be wondering, so 
How exactly was Tuju played? Well, in the poem I shared earlier, the Tuju pitch was described as having six half-moon-shaped goals at either end, which makes it sound more complicated than modern football games. But in a more competitive version of Tuju, as described in historical records. The goal was actually positioned in the center of the pitch, and lifted up by two poles that were about 10 to 11 meters in length. At the top was a net strung between the poles, with the circular hole called the Feng Liu Yan cut out of it in the middle. Then the two teams, six players on each side, would aim to kick the ball high enough up in the air to get it through the Feng Liu Yan in order to score a goal. Unlike modern-day football, Tuju required the players to avoid the ball touching the ground at any point. They may touch the ball with their shoulders, knees, chests, feet, and make all sorts of acrobatic moves to pass the ball around. One reason, perhaps, Tuju games were fun for both the players and the spectators. Although the more detailed rules of the sport remain a mystery. It is clear that the game was made complicated enough for all players to sweat it out and enjoy the pure excitement of chasing and kicking a ball. So, in general, we could say that Chinese Tuju is more of a fusion of modern-day sports, combining basketball, football, and volleyball all together. Okay, so can we still claim that football originated in China? Although it's true that the Chinese had already established clubs, game rules, and a fan base more than a thousand years ago, the nature of Tuju is maybe a long way from modern football, as defined by those in Sheffield in England in the 1860s. This was where the British codified the rules that made association football the world's game. While no evidence could be found that Tuju influenced any modern ball games. The fact that an Asian game bears so many similarities to so many modern sports is perhaps one of Tuju's greatest historical legacies. In its many forms, Tuju proved to be remarkably resilient throughout the centuries, but its decline under the Ming and Qing dynasties seems to have been terminal. It is little played today, except as a minor tourist attraction. And on ceremonial occasions, but its vibrant history lives on, and the passion the Chinese people have for football is just as zealous as football fans from any other part of the world. Today, as China seeks to become a non-negligible force in world football, the history of Tuju has been gathered at a museum in Linzi, the earliest recorded place where the game is known to have been played. Located in today's Shandong Province in East China, the Linzi Football Museum was opened in 2015. Not only does the museum showcase Tuju culture for visitors from all around the world, it also shares our love for this unique type of sport that's already embedded into the popular culture of China. And as the sport was passed down from one generation to the next throughout China's long history. 
its adaptability and enduring appeal shows the innate excitement people have for football games that's unbounded by time, nation, and race. Passionately celebrated by both the East and West, that is perhaps why we call the ongoing football games the World Cup. By the way, what's your take on the suggestion that Tuju could possibly be the earliest form of football? Would love to hear your thoughts on this and your own personal stories of Tuju or modern football games. Please feel free to leave a message below to let us know. I'm Huang Rei, and special thanks to my 1000YT members, Lu Chang and Yu Shan, who contributed to the writing and producing of this episode. See you next time. Bye for now.